hey, uh, this morning, I had a word as well before, just before Denise got up and gave her word about sitting at the feet of Jesus. I had this word too. And it said, unless you abide in me, you can do nothing. And I just felt this morning there's somebody in here this morning that feels like they're not fruitful in God. Can I tell you this? Without abiding in Christ, you cannot do nothing. You cannot produce a thing. You cannot produce any fruit in your life. And that is fruit of love, peace, joy, self-control, all those things that we want in our lives. Who doesn't want joy? Who doesn't want peace? It only comes by abiding in Christ. There's, there's a vine there. You are the branches. He is the vine. And he just, that sap, it just keeps coming. And it keeps coming. And it, you just keep producing fruit. It just keeps coming. But if you cut yourself away from the vine, nothing. You can't do anything. That's why when Denise gave that word, I thought this is a great word because it's confirming what the Lord has spoken to me. You've got to abide. You have to abide. I mean, daily, abiding, every day. Give us this day our daily bread. Take up your cross daily. Everything in the Bible is daily. So good. So remember that. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow lunch, tomorrow night. When you walk down the street, I'm talking to Jesus. When I'm in my car, I'm talking to Jesus. When I'm praising the Lord, I'm talking to Jesus. I'm abiding continually in Christ that he might produce in me fruit. Fruit that remains. Fruit that remains. And so be challenged this morning. I hope you're blessed. Listen, I love Uber. You know, I'm an Uber, Uber driver, right? And sometimes I get fruit from Uber driving. There's a young guy here called Sonny. Sonny, give me a wave. Sonny's over there. We met. I picked him up on an Uber ride. We met. We started talking about Jesus. And he said, I go to Hillsong College. And he's learning to be a pastor. And he's doing his ministry. And he's going to do his, bachelor, his master's soon. Pray for him. Master's, mate. You need prayer. And so I love Uber driving because I get to share and talk. Anyway, I picked up this guy the other day. And uh, he said to me, because, you know, the question is always, and it's the key question for me, and I love it. He says, oh, is this what you do full time? I go, no, I'm a pastor. And straight away they go, you, as if, I can't believe you're a pastor. So I, it's great because I don't look like a pastor. So it opens up their, their hearts. Anyway, so this guy talks to me, he says, oh, you're a pastor. I go, I go, he goes, couldn't believe it. He goes, man, can I ask you a question? He goes, it's all the same God, right? I mean, there's all these different religions and it's the same God, right? And he was expecting me to go, yeah, it's all the same, mate. I go, no, mate, our God is different. And he looked at me, he goes, what do you mean our God is different? He says, mate, Christian God is where God has done it for us. He has given us Jesus. He has sent his son into the world to die for our sins. He died at the cross. He brought salvation. He did it for us. I don't have to do it for him. And I said, every other God, I'll tell you the difference. I said, I said look, one does and one believes. He said, you can put every religion in these two baskets. One does, I've got to do this, I've got to fast, I've got to go to church, I've got to do this, I've got to whip myself, I've got to sacrifice myself, I've got to do something. All of them in there. You think about every religion that you know, 
in this basket. It's all about what I have to do to be pleasing in God's sight. How can I get salvation? How can I get to heaven? What must I do? And then in the other basket is where we're talking about true identity. This is us. What must I do? Jesus, what are the works that I should do to enter the kingdom of God into heaven? And Jesus said, believe in the one God is. Believe. You and I are in this basket here, which is we believe the difference between works and faith. Two, two, you can put them all in those two baskets, guaranteed. And I started to send them, I tell them, I said, listen, God has made it a way so easy for you to be saved. So easy for you to, is if you believe. Do you believe this morning? Or are you having this mentality where you're in this basket here, where you're thinking, oh, you know what, I'm not good enough. I'm never good enough. God doesn't answer my prayer because I'm never good enough. I'm never doing the right thing. Do, 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 do. Can I tell you something which is absolutely amazing? The Bible says there is an obedience that comes through faith. If you're truly a believer, right, if you believe that God exists, do you believe that he sent his son into the world to die for your sin? Do you believe that the Bible says that he took upon himself your and my sin and he took it to the cross and if you believe in him, you die to the power of sin in your life by believing, not by doing, because you, most of us here have come to know Jesus. We gave our lives to Jesus and we believe that message. And when you believe that message, something happens within you. God does a work within you because you believe. And so therefore, because I believe that Jesus has done this for me, and I believe that Christ took upon himself my sin, I believe that the dominion of sin is broken over my life. I believe that when I become born again, I'm a new person, I walk by the Spirit. And because I believe, I obey. Obedience becomes easy. Why does obedience become easy? Because I believe that God has broken every darkness in my life. It's a great key. I got this awesome revelation this week that we have this belief in God that when he sees it, it's the only thing. You know, these guys on this other basket, they're looking to please their gods. Some of these guys here, some of the religions you read about in the Old Testament, they would do things that would just like, just to please their God, sacrifice their kids. They would throw their kids in the fire to appease their God. Everyone in this basket of works tries to please whatever is, whatever God that they're trying to please. They will try to do something to please their God. But it's all about them, their sacrifice, their, their self-abation. They're, they're just like doing things. Oh, I'm sure God, you know, we've seen people walking on their knees up a mountain where they pray every time. Oh, God's going to be happy with me if I do this. God's going to be happy with me. In the Philippines, they crucify themselves. Because they want God to look at their sacrifice and be pleased with what they're doing. Can I tell you something? 
Can you flash that first verse of scripture up here? Let's read this together. Hebrews. You want to please God? Here it is. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God is pleased when he sees faith in your life. I behave a certain way because I believe in God. I seek God because he exists. This morning when you were in worship, where were you? I'll tell you where I was. I'll tell you where I was. Physically, I was here. But spiritually, I'm in the presence of God because I believe that God exists. Do you think that God isn't in this place this morning? Can I just say, if you believe that God exists in this place right now, it changes your whole attitude. It brings in a reverence and a fear. And the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. You have to have the fear of God in your life. You have to have this reverence in God because what it is, it's, it's your faith. Believe that God exists. This morning, you know what happens to Christians? We're quickly to believe. Because, you know, in the, in, the, in the book of Acts, that's what they were called, believers. Oh, the believers meant here. The believers. It's easy when we hear the message of the gospel first up. We tell we, we hear the gospel message and they speak out to them. We believe. And you hear the message that Jesus died for you, that he's got a life for you, he's got abundant life, eternal life. You hear the message. And what happens? Something within you snap like it opens up. It's like God opens your heart, gives you this faith to believe the message that you've just heard. And we just, oh yes, I believe. But what happens as we go along in life and in our walk as you get older, we stop believing. If I was to ask you this morning, what are you believing for? So many of us stop, like there's so many promises of God. What is it in your life that you should be believing for? Is it breakthrough in some area of your life? Well, I'm believing. I'm believing that God's going to break through. I'm believing that His Word says that He is the one who restores things. I believe in God's Word that He gives us a power to deliver us from evil. I believe. What are you believing for this morning? Oh, oh, this morning I'm here to just stir your faith up this morning a little bit. Can I just say to you this? Let me give you a couple of, well, five in 13 minutes. So hold on to your horses. Listen, if, you, if you're not sure about your faith and where it comes from and where you get it, listen to what it says in Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This morning, you are hearing the word of God. Not Pastor Louis. You're hearing the word of God. You're hearing Bible and you, I can tell right now we're already stirred. We're already stirred because faith is coming into your life and you're going, you know, Pastor Louis, I want to believe for this in my life. I want to believe for that. You're stirred. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing. You're hearing a message this morning. 
And it's, it's challenging you. It should be challenging you or it's convicting you. It should be convicting you because the Bible's telling you the Word of God's coming and it's coming and it's producing faith and you're not in the right place this morning. Don't get upset. It's a good thing. Faith cometh for hearing. Let me give it to you. Cornelius in the book of Acts. I won't give you the verse. I'll just say Acts chapter 10. He's got a whole family of believers. I mean, family of seekers. He gets Peter to come to his house and they want to hear because Cornelius gets a vision to go and get Peter to come because Peter's going to tell him the good news. Peter comes along into the house of Cornelius and their whole household and family are gathered like you are this morning. And Peter says, hey, I'm a Jew. You're a Gentile. I shouldn't even be coming into this place, but because God gave me a vision as well to come here to tell you the gospel. So he starts to speak the gospel message to him. And all of a sudden, faith comes by hearing. And all of a sudden, they all start speaking in tongues. And Peter's amazed. He goes, I can't believe it. The same thing that happened to us on the day of Pentecost has happening to them. That means God's showing no judgment. He's showing no favoritism to the Jew. He's bringing the Gentile in. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing, listening. If this morning you need to listen and to hear the word of God and act. Number two, faith comes by hearing, number one. Number two, faith, I live by faith. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We live by faith and not by sight. We live by faith and not by sight. If you live by sight, you know what you're going to be doing? You're always going to be looking at your life. You're always going to be looking what you can't get. Always going to be looking at your circumstances. Always going to look about what God hasn't done. You're always looking. You're looking. Oh, why isn't this happening? Why is that going on? Look at this person. Why is that person blessed? You're always living by sight and not by faith. Listen, the, the Bible talked to us about this story in uh, Numbers 13. We all know it, where the Israelites are about to go into the promised land. They send out 12 spies. They all go out and they go there and God said to them already, so you would think that God has spoken, that they heard what God had spoken. God has spoken to them and said, listen, I'm going to give you the land. You would think that that cometh by hearing, faith cometh by hearing. They heard the voice of God. God has said he's going to give us the land. So you would think by the time they get into the land, they go, well, this is awesome. This is ours because God has said it. No. Out of the 12 spies, 10 of them who lived by sight and not by faith had said, man, there's too many giants in there. We were like grasshoppers in their sight. Grasshoppers. They saw themselves as this big compared to that. They completely forgot what God had just said. They completely forgot who God is. They, they forgot the passing of the Red Sea. They forgot Egypt and all the plagues. They forgot how God had delivered them, how the fire at night, the cloud... Well, the fire at night, the cloud during the day leading them. They forgot all that. They forgot who God was because they saw something that put fear within them. Except for two. 
We do that sometimes. We look at our lives. We look at the circumstances. It's a giant. I can't see how we are going to get a breakthrough in this area. It's massive. It's too big. It's too impossible. These guys, the same spirit was in them. Fear, doubt. Why? Because they looked. They saw Caleb and Joshua. They looked, came back and said, we can do this. Why? Because they lived by faith. They were the only two that got into the promised land because they refused to look by sight but by faith. You and I, doesn't matter what you're going through, don't look at the circumstances, don't look at the giants, don't look at that which is pestering you and you need a breakthrough, but you've got to see it through the eyes of faith. Say, Lord, these things do scare me. These things are coming against me. But you know what? I believe that you have spoken to me and I believe you're going to give me a breakthrough in this area. Destroy the giants. We live by faith, not by sight. Faith grows. Number three. Listen to what it says in Matthew 17, 20. I'll give you two verses. He replied, because you have so little faith. So the disciples were trying to do something and they couldn't do it. And he says, true, I'll tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible to you. Mustard seed faith. If you, if you think it... Your faith is not the size of a mustard seed. Think again. It's just that we don't appropriate it. We don't know the power of what faith does in a person's life. Matthew 13, 31, it says this. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that a man planted in his field. Faith is a mustard seed it's planted in your heart and it builds. The kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Faith is like a mustard seed. You and I have the kingdom of God in you. It's placed in there with a little seed, with the word of God. When you first initially got saved and you believed the word of God, the seed of God was planted in your heart. And what happens and what's supposed to happen in there, it's supposed to grow a whole kingdom in there. There's a whole kingdom, the seed of God, which is so powerful, the Bible says imperishable, it lands in your heart and from there it starts to build and grow and build and grow. You go through circumstances, you overcome them, you carry the building and trials that come to test your faith and you start to grow, you start to forgive people really quickly. You start to operate like the kingdom operates because you live by faith and you've allowed this seed to come into your life and by faith you believe. You know what? Last week we heard Pastor Matt, Matthew talk about forgiveness. Oh, I tell you. What happens is because the kingdom is in you, because you live by faith, you believe that Jesus forgave you. You believe that. And so as the kingdom grows and you, the Word of God's appropriated to your life, and somebody comes and wrongs you, but because you live by faith, that says, you know what? Jesus forgave me for all my inequities, all my sin. All, and that, am I going to hold something against that person? 
No. Why? Because the word of God, the seed of God, the faith that's in your heart won't allow you to do that. It wants to grow. It wants to build into your life. So many of us hinder the word of God. We hinder the kingdom of God within us. Because every time there's a trial that comes along, we don't obey. God says, now forgive them. Now you go, you don't know what they've done to me, God. God says, be gracious to them. I'm not going to show them grace. See, once you do that, once you go away from faith and in the word of God, you start to hinder the kingdom, stunt your growth. And that, that mustard seed, the Bible says, it's supposed to grow into this massive tree where there's branches and people come and sit under your branches and they hear wisdom and love and kindness and they look at you and go, man, you are such an awesome guy, woman, whatever. Because you're just so, you're just so nice. You're just so loving. Just so kind. You're so gracious. It's the kingdom of God that lives by faith in you that wants to just grow. Allow it to grow. Allow it to grow. You are, you know, and I know, and when things come in, there's a, there's a, and we want to not obey the word of God, and all of a sudden the word of God's pounding in your head. Boom, forgive. Boom, forgive. Show grace. Boom, boom, boom. And you have to really resist it, man. Nah, 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 nah. Stubborn. Pride. Pride cometh before a fall. Humility comes before honour. So let it grow. Let it grow. Um, number four. Faith receives. Because we live by faith and not by works, I can receive whatever the Bible says is for me. Whatever it is in the Word of God, it's to be received by faith, not by works. Oh, well, you know, Louis, if I do this and do that, then God's going to be happy with me and then he's going to answer my prayer. Is he really? I doubt it. And then you've got this other dude over here who's just, you know, looking at him, he's going like, you know, Lord, you know what? I just thank you for what you've given me. I just thank you for the blessing in my life. I just thank you for what I'm about to receive. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He gets what he wants. Why? Because he's operating by faith. That's your true identity. Listen to what it says in Matthew 11:24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Are you believing this morning for something in your life? You know what you should do? You should do exactly what it says. Believe that you received it. Are you looking for some kind of freedom in some area of your life? You know what, this morning? Believe that you received it and walk that way. Walk in there. Talk about it. Thank Jesus for it. That's by faith. Receive it. James 1.6 says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the sea. When you pray, believe. Don't doubt. Believe. Don't doubt. Walk in that. Walk in the receiving the promises of God. And let me tell you, you will be amazed how much your life changes when you walk in that faith 
and walk in the promises of God. And when you pray something and you're receiving it and you're believing for it, when you thank Him for it, you thank Him for every part of your life. It's a receiving. That's why we thank the Lord. Sometimes when we're in the prayer meeting on a Sunday morning, I hear this prayer. Father, I thank you for what you're about to do in this meeting. They're already believing what's going to happen in this meeting. So this morning when we were praying that lives will be changed, we're believing that this morning your life's going to be changed. Your life's going to be empowered. We received the promises of God. Last one and most important of all, faith has a confession. There's something that God loves and it's this. He gave us a tongue to confess. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. You are saved. There's this thing that God says. Oh, let me. Um, I haven't got the scripture verse, but I'll just tell you in case you're writing notes about confession. Romans chapter 10, Luke 12, 8, Philippians 2, 11. If you confess me before men, I will confess you before the angels of the Lord. If you confess me before men, I will, the Bible says, I will, it says two verses. It, it says, Jesus speaking, if you confess me before men, I will confess you to the angels of God. And another one says, I will confess your name to the Father. He's going to say one day, this, you're going to come before Jesus. He's going to look at Denise. He's going to grab Denise and go, Father, this is Denise. She confessed me all her life to everybody and anyone that was around. And now I'm going to confess it to you. She's my child. Confession of your faith. It's powerful. You need to do it. Jesus said, if you speak to the mountain, it will go. If you confess with your mouth, there's a power in confession. It's not just this positive confession. It's confessing the Word of God. It's confessing what does the Word of God say. Therefore, that's what I'll confess. I'll confess what the promises of God are. I'll confess what the Bible says about me. I am more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens me. I have been born again of the power of God. There's something about when you confess the Word of God, it stirs within you. It almost takes what you're believing and you're receiving as you hear it confessed out of your mouth. It's, it's powerful. God spoke things into being. Out of nothing, God spoke. Let there be light and there was light. God spoke. And now He's given us His Word that by faith we speak it. We speak it over individuals' lives. We speak it over our prayer lives. We speak it over our loved ones. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm believing for my son. I'm believing for my daughter that You would save them. Father, I'm believing for a great job and I thank You for it in Jesus' Name. You're confessing what the Bible says and there's a power that comes in it this morning. I wonder, as we stand up this morning, what is it that you're believing for? What is it that you've let go? 
And I'm going to just open this altar this morning for those that want to come forward and just confess to God. We might not pray for you this morning, but you know what? It's an act of faith that you step out of your seat and you come up the front and you just lay it before the Lord and said, Lord, I have stopped believing for the supernatural. I've stopped believing for provision. I've stopped believing for salvation for my loved ones. I've stopped believing, but this morning, I'm going to come and I'm going to confess it before you, Lord. This is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm going to hold on to. I'm going to persevere and I just thank you.